Hi, welcome to episode 81 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. Y'all, we've already been talking for about an hour before we even started recording. I've gone through a whole drink already. Yep. Today, we are going to talk about how to write emotions. And specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about two of them, basic overall of how to write emotions. And then we're going to go into betrayal and smugness as examples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But first, how was your week? My week was really good. Uh, Obviously, I'm back home now if you're Mm -hmm. watching on YouTube, but I spent the week uh, at the beach in Maryland, uh, Ocean City. So that was awesome. I went with my girlfriend and her mom and a bunch of other folks. Um, So my week was phenomenal. And then I just had my first day of work back and it was not as phenomenal. So Yeah, I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing can quite match to the phenomenation of vacation. Is that a word? <laughs> it is now. Okay. <laughs> the phenomenation. My phenomenality. Week, I was just getting ready for court this week. I've got chaos court started today. So it's just, yeah. be, be, you know, I apologize ahead of time. Although I've already, I'm starting my second drink. So things Ooh. are looking up. Yeah. What are you eating and drinking? So I'm going to order food for dinner because I was going to go to the grocery store and I got off work later than I expected and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to order food and I'm ordering Mexican food. So I'm going to get this special Cuban sandwich and it's got like hot dogs on it and eggs and avocado and uh, pork and, and, and like, it's a great sandwich. I think you've had that before for the podcast. Oh, I believe it. I order mm-hmm. it all the time. It's like my go-to at this place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also discovered chorizo cheese dip from this place and it's so good. So I'm also going to have that. Not a fan of chorizo. Your dad likes chorizo. I love chorizo. I would live off chorizo if I weren't so greasy. It's just uh-huh. very, um, gamey to me. It's delicious is what I, it is. Not a fan. That's so good. But I'm drinking, hold on, but I'm drinking. Oh. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, what I'm are you drinking? today, I guess. Um, <laughs> Um, it's very bright. Uh, it is bright red. red. Uh, it's a uh, Seagram's. It's a passion fruit mango Seagram's. Oh, fun. So it's, it's pretty yummy. It's very sweet, but that's, you know, it's Seagram's. So yeah, I'm not a fan of sweet drinks. Well, not now that I'm on keto. Mm-hmm. So my week was just getting ready for court. Yeah. Um, and I am drinking my favorite, the sparkling pink brute rosé. Yeah. And my mouth is watering and I've already had a glass. <laughs> oh, lovely. And for dinner, I'm going to make keto uh, French toast. Oh, that sounds good. We have found keto bread. What about keto syrup? We do have keto syrup. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we're making French toast, which we haven't had for two years because we've been on keto. And Jordan, daughter number three, went to Costco and said they have keto bread, keto um, hamburger buns, keto everything. That's cool. Yeah. She bought us a bunch of stuff. So I'm, I'm like, we're, we're having French toast, toast. (laughs) Uh, but I am drinking my, my champagne stuff. So sweet. Awesome. I have jokes. Of course you do. Let's hear them. Since we are talking about emotions, I looked for emotion jokes. Okay. I was at an emotional wedding. The cake was in tears. 
<laughs> okay, listen, I just went to a wedding two nights ago and this guy got up and he gave a speech and this, this was at a this was at a wedding that I, I didn't know anybody. I was a plus mm-hmm, one. Mm-hmm. Um and so I got to watch all the speeches and just like see how people were and this this dude stood up and gave a speech and he was like, you know, everybody here is just so emotional about the two of you, you know, uniting becoming one, even the cake is in tears. And so <laughs> It was good. He got a good laugh out of everybody. That's pretty good. Um, I get really emotional whenever I see escalators. Last time I was on one, it, I found it moving. Oh, bless. <laughs> All right. This next one's my favorite. Oh, God. Don't carry your emotional baggage with you. Use your grief case. Your grief case? I like that. <laughs> that one's fun. I like that one, too. That was my favorite one. Oh, that's <clears> a good one. Okay, so writing emotions. There are three ways to write emotions. You've got body language. You can actually name the emotion like she was happy. You know, tell the the reader she was happy. You can do it via character thoughts. Right. You can do it via dialogue and not just what they say, but how they say it. You can do it through nonverbal cues. Um, like thoughts or reactions to certain situations. Yeah. You know, I think that's more than three ways to write emotions. I'm just, <laughs> I think you're right. You're, you're counting is off. Body, yeah. I, yeah, it's been one of those. I'm a lawyer, not a mathematician. So, okay. There are three ways. Now here's five of them. <laughs> oh Lord. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I, I am, I am. Not a mathematician. I'm a lawyer. I just thought it was funny. Okay. So emotions are felt inside and shown outside. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. So like showing, not telling, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, kind of. I yeah. mean, the, yeah. Anyway. I mean, this does make it really hard if you're writing a first person story with which both of I, both of I, both of I, <laughs> me, myself, and I, both you and I, um, <laughs> tend to write in the first person. So it's hard. The reader can get what's in our main characters inside feelings, but we can't really show what's in the other characters inside feelings other than what they um, portray outside. Right. Right. Um, You know, so basically the, we, um, Sorry, I we, broke your concentration. We we should have recorded an hour ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're way, way down the, the drinky trail right now. Yes. Um, so how can you tell what the other characters are feeling if you're writing a first person um character? Yeah. Well, it's you know basically the same way we do every day. The, yeah, the, you and I do the ba- same way anybody does is you pick up on visual cues, you hear what they're saying, you um, watch their actions, and that's how you know what they're feeling. Right. So in writing emotions, a lot of that comes out when you develop your character. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't know how they're going to act until you know who they are. So in in order to know how the character is going to feel in a particular situation, you have to get to know them. And so these are things you've probably done at the character development stage. You know, are they quick to anger? Are they shy? 
Uh, do they blurt out everything they're thinking like Beck does? Right, right. Are they huggers or are they more aloof? I guess the more the proper way to say that is, are they demonstrative or are they reserved? Right. Um, I like to make up words. Well, those weren't made up those, words. Those but, were words, yeah. But I, I like to to do that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so what is your character's comfort zone? Oh, nice. Yeah. So some people are really comfortable with oversharing. I am unfortunately one of those people. Um, I actually had a defendant the other, I don't know, month ago or so in court that told the whole courtroom about her issues where she was bleeding from her rectum, you know, mm. open court, That's tells, good public knowledge. tells everybody and we're all going, oh, oh good. Like, thanks yay. for letting us know. I, yeah, I mean, but she obviously was one that was willing to overshare. And then I had a, another defendant. It was like dragging teeth out of him to get his emotions out. He, he said, he wouldn't say anything in court. He showed up like an hour late and just, he just was shut down. And so the judge tore into him, you know, this is court. This is, you know, you don't come late to my courtroom. And after court, when he met with the agent one-on-one, he broke down and cried and said his mom had just died. Mm. Yeah, but he didn't want to say that in open court, and so right, he, he's not going to say that in front yeah, of everybody. Yeah, he got reamed, and that was why he was late, and he still made it to court. Yeah, but he didn't. He wasn't comfortable about saying that in front of the entire courtroom. Yeah, yeah, no, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, it's it. I sometimes have trouble getting to know my characters. Like I don't always know like how they're going to react to things. I don't really always know how they're going to show emotion. You know, are they outward or are they more reserved? Um, and so, you know, there are a few different things that you can do if you have the same issue. And, uh, the thing that helps me the most is writing scenes with them, which I know I've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's my favorite way to ease into new characters and using characters that you already have developed, uh, in a scene with this new character can also help you to get comfortable writing that new character. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, do a character information sheet. I'm sure we talked about this during mm-hmm. character development. Uh, I think we did that episode like way back towards the beginning. Long time. We probably need to do a more in depth one. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much with character development. Yeah. But there are like tons of lists that I've found where it's like deepest questions that you should ask yourself or your character. Um, And it helps you to get into a better mindset and what they might think of a question like, you know, what would you do if you uh, found out you were going to die in two days? You know, like that Mm -hmm, kind of thing. mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah. And then also think about the character types you already have in your story. And this one's a little more on the crafty side of things rather than, um, uh, you know, just thinking about, uh, you know, writing scenes and like that kind of thing. But if you already have like a loud character, you know, could your story use a quieter character? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so maybe think about the structure of your story and how character emotions may help one way or the other. Those are very good points. And use your writing journal to do these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do that. <laughs> and go listen to our episode on writing journals. Writing journals. <laughs> well, for those watching, my face is about as red as my shirt just from having one glass of wine, one and a half glasses of wine. I'm <laughs> just a little cheery. I'm cheery. That's it. <laughs> So think about stimulus versus response. People will react to the same stimulus in very different ways. And the, a lot of my information came from the Angela Ackerman and Becca Puglisi's Emotion Thesaurus, which I urge everybody to buy. I urge everybody to buy every one of their thesaurus books. 
Absolutely. Definitely very helpful. There's such good resources. They really are. But she talked about a, 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 a stimulus where one, you know, you've got a spider that crawls across the table at lunch, at, at a lunchroom. Oh, yeah. And you've got one girl that freaks out, jumps up, lets out a shriek. You've got a second girl who leans back, frowns and crosses her arms over her chest. And you've got a third girl who uses a gun ra- gum wrapper to try to urge the spider away from the group. Shoo-shoo. Yeah. <laughs> Same stimulus, but very different reactions. That's a really good point. I never really thought about it that way. I guess I've never really thought about writing emotion explicitly either. Because it kind of just happens. But right. when you go back and edit or after hearing this, when you're writing your first draft, hopefully this will help you do that too. Um, so there's less having to re-edit. It's, it's, I lost my train of thought. Oh, mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, it has been a very long day. Uh, but yeah, so basically, yeah, different reactions to the same kind of thing. Um, you're going to have different personalities involved. You know, there are always going to be people who jump into action when something goes awry. Some people who are just going to be like, nope, bye, and just mm-hmm. flee. And then some people who are going to like just get angry at something that happens, you know, like you're going to have all these different kinds of reactions and that can influence your story in a lot of different ways. You know, think about the zombie movies and stuff that are out there and how different people react to zombies. Some are natural leaders and they want to help their fellow man and, okay, I'm going to protect these people. And some are like, I'm out of here. See you later. I'm going to go protect myself. I mean, right. that kind of thing is is out there. So think about that when, when you're writing emotions. Yeah. Um, using dialogue to portray emotion. So your first assumption might be that I'm talking about dialogue tags, like she muttered, he cried, she hissed, he mumbled. And those can certainly help convey an emotion, but use those sparingly. I think we might've talked about this before. I think we 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 did did. an episode on dialogue. Um, they're, they are useful. What is your cat doing? I'm, I think it might be the upstairs neighbors. I think I just got new upstairs neighbors, y'all. So if I like, if y'all are on the the YouTube, if y'all are watching YouTube and I'm like doing weird stuff, that's why I think they're moving in. So they're making a lot of strange noises. And I always, you know, my cat son likes to run into the glass door. So I just mm-hmm. like to make sure he's good and not concussed. Okay. Yeah, it's just like all of a sudden you leaned really close into the camera and I saw a really good view of the side of your uh, oh, uh, headphone. <laughs> they're lovely. They're very good. They're I was also, I was making sure nobody was like just walking into my apartment. So, you know, oh, that okay. too. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but use those sparingly. I, I, I like to use them. I don't like the, well, I don't like rules at all, but you know, there's that rule that you should only use said. Well, I don't think that's, accurate. I think yeah. it's fine to have them mutter. I mean, it's one thing to say she hissed cuz can you really talk hissing? Right, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um I mean, and I think you can talk hissing. It's just, you know. I think I think my rule of thumb on that and I don't know if I talked about it in an episode previously, but my rule of thumb on that is if I can get across um, the whatever word I want to use in the dialogue tag, if I can get that across through the dialogue, then I'll just use said. Definitely. But if it is like a, you know, 
a string of words and then he muttered, I think that's totally fine. Well, and sometimes whisper needs to be said too. Right. She whispered because, you know, the reader might be thinking, why is she talking out loud when that ghost is in the other room? Shouldn't she be talking softly? So you might have to say she whispered, you know, or whatever. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I think that the, you know, the longer dialogue tags like muttered and whatever can be clunky at times, you know, if you overuse them or whatever, the brain likes to skip over the word said. So that's why it gets used a lot. But, um, you know, different words can clog the writing and it's, but it's not avoid them at all costs. Obviously rules. Yeah. You you don't want to bring your reader out. You know, you don't want to use it so repetitively, all these different variations of said that your reader is finally going, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. What's the next adjective going to be? You know, what is, what is it going to be? Right. Um, Right. You know, and it can make it starts to stand out and it can make your work seem overdramatic. Um, and that is going to come across to an agent as not professional necessarily. Right. I mean, as we said, there are no strict rules. Just be aware when you do whatever you do. Right. Okay. So saying the feeling, you can say it. You can have your character say, I'm so happy. And, right. and that's fine. Um, it may be perfect for whatever it is you're trying to, to get across. I mean, I say it all the time, especially when I'm eating food. <laughs> so if your character, um, if, if I was the character, then that would be a normal thing for the writer who's writing me to have me say and do. I would, I always say I'm so happy. Right. But try thinking about how are they happy? I mean, what are they doing that shows that they're happy? So when I'm eating a delicious meal, I'm not just sitting there stone-faced eating. I'm wiggling in my chair. I actually call it my little happy dance. I do a happy dance when I, when I'm having good food. I do too. Um, I'm rolling my eyes heavenward. I'm probably making these mm, noises. You absolutely do. I I, I love food. 100% do. This is why I'm on the keto diet y'all because I love food. Um, But Yes, I would probably still announce that I'm happy. I would still say it. That is something that I do. I, I said it the other night. We were eating somewhere. I don't know. I'm trying to remember now. Mexican food, maybe. And I'm like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Because it yeah. was such good food. That's um, very in character for you. It, it is. Um, you know, someone else might say, oh, my God, I'm this is fabulous. Or I haven't had anything like this since my grandma, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right, right. You know, um, so there's other ways to show it. You can show it through a, a, a memory, but having them say, I'm so happy is perfectly in character for me. So it might be in character for your character. Definitely. I also thinking about that though, I think it'd be interesting for a character to say, yeah, I'm like, I'm so happy or whatever. And know from context clues that they're not. So like using these other tips that we're talking about to show that they're not happy, but like having the dialogue contradict that. Okay. So that's cool. like the, the female, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm fine. And the the husband or the other is going, she's not fine. She's not fine. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely tell she's not fine. Right, right. So yeah, but that's a good point. I like to, that's a great way to show the true emotion is by having the words opposite of what, you know, using character uh, cues or physical cues or body language to show the opposite of the words coming out of their mouth. Right. That's a great idea. Think about your word choice. We've talked about this in episodes before. Yeah. Just the simple technique of choosing what words your character is saying can get across emotion. Yep. 
Some words are sharper in meaning than others. Some can be softer. Um, profanity, you know, that can show anger. That can show fear or agitation. It's like, oh, oh shit, you know, there's that spider. You know, that yeah. would be me at that, that girl's table. I would be up out of my chair. The chair would have fallen over and I'd be going, oh shit. Well, I was playing uh, Resident Evil with Sydney one time and, you know, I turn around and there's a zombie right there and my reaction was apparently to yell, fuck. And I was like, oh, I just yelled that extremely loud in an apartment and door open and, 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 and I was like, all right, well, that's my fear response is to yell, fuck. Great. <laughs> Vocal cues. And I'm talking about the way someone talks. So like pitch, does the voice go shrill? I still remember uh, our neighbor, bless his heart when I was a little kid and this, his mom would call him and depending on her pitch, we knew whether he was in trouble or not. Yeah. I mean, and Leonard, oh gosh, or she, Leonard, you oh, know I, mean? I see, I see, you know, okay, Leonard, it's dinner time or whatever, but Leonard, oh god, we, and he would look at us and his eyes would get big, get big. Oh, no, shit. sorry for you guy, good luck. Man, well, you know, I kind of remember something similar when I was a kid. I would know when I was in trouble and you were talking to me too. Really? You never yes. got in trouble. Taylor Jade. Well, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. I did. So the same word, but how it's spoken means, you know, a diff a, that can relay emotion. Yeah. Um, an accent. I've known people who, as they get angry or excited about something, their accent becomes stronger. You know, English might be their second language. They might be Hispanic or they might be Russian. And when they get excited or angry or upset, that accent becomes heavier. Yeah. And we did talk about, I don't know if it was in dialogue or dialogue episode or not, as to whether to write out you know, the, like the Cajun, right. Um, right. You no, know, there's pros and cons to doing there, that. There are pros and cons. And a lot of the time, you know, the standard quote unquote rule is to not write out the accent. Yes. But, um, but I think it might be effective to have that accent written out in times of stress to show. Yeah. You know, I mean, and you can always tell your audience his accent was heavier, but it would be kind of, it might work to actually spell out the words to show that that, you know, to have their dialogue speak that accent so you can see it. Right. And then tone, which is kind of similar to pitch. Um, but, you know, think about how a person's voice can go flat when they're angry. Mm, yeah. Or that non-committal tone when you ask someone something and they're not willing to make a choice. And so that the, that non-committal tone that doesn't let you know really what they're thinking. Well, it's um, like I was telling you earlier, earlier today, I had a coworker come up to me and ask just like not a great question. And it was, it did it, it, the logic behind it wasn't there. And so she was like, well, let's do this. And I said, that, Why? Was, that was a very nice way to put that. <laughs> I, well, I'm trying to there. be, <laughs> it wasn't, the logic was not there. And so I was just like, Why? And that was, that was the tone. And she just looked at me and I was like, oh, I should probably be nicer. Yeah, I'm at work, but give me, give me better logic than what you just gave me. 
<laughs> that is so funny. Um, yeah. You know, think about the flirty tone. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a light. Sultry. Sultry, you know. Yeah. F- flirty. Yeah. And that's when someone's trying to gain attention from someone in particular, that kind of thing. So tone matters. Absolutely. Um, I, I think I've said this before, but I love to sit in an airport or whatever area and watch people. Yeah. You get all kinds of emotions, reactions, body language, and take your writer's journal with you and write down things that strike you. Absolutely. Things that you, yeah. 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 Always, always. Um, You know, you, you get, uh, if you're having trouble writing emotions, go to the mall, just sit there and watch people. I mean, don't get stalkery, you know. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't stalkery a word. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it is now. Uh, but just watch people reacting to each other, and that can sometimes, if you're having writer's block, sometimes that can un unblock you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was thinking the same thing because I just went to the beach, um, and there's like this long boardwalk that stretches like two miles, and it's super popular. It's got a bunch of bunch of stores and like food places to stop along it. So Bars. tons of people. Yeah. <laughs> the important so, well, things. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Um, so it was fun to like watch people interact with like store owners and like the food industry, you know, like that kind of stuff uh, was really interesting. And I also went to that wedding that I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. and I didn't know anyone. So it was good for me to just like sit down and watch how all of these people interacted in a space where they all did know each other. And I was just like, I didn't know anyone. So I was like, okay, I'm going to watch. And I could tell that at one point the bride was upset about something. And I don't know what happened, but I could just tell because her hands were just like up and doing jerky motions. And then she put her hand on her forehead and just like, you know, she was upset and very stressed. And so I could tell. Very good way. And if you had your writer journal, you could have sat there at the wedding and written down all of your observations. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I could have. I would have been marked weird, but you know. Hey, we are weird. It's okay. That's true. Um, Nonverbal cues. So... This can be tough if you're writing a first person character, right? Which <coughs> um, we only, as the reader, we only know what our character sees and thinks others are feeling, right? Which may or may not be reliable. That's part of the fun of first person writing. It, I love first person writing, but yeah. um, you know, our character, especially if there's a romantic angle somewhere in there, the things that people think other people are thinking is hilarious. It it can add humor. That's a thing I love to do is add humor. True. true. Um, And sometimes telling is okay when it comes to emotion. Um, It's not necessarily a cheat. You know, you don't worry that an agent's going to go, Oh, she's cheating because she told me just don't overdo it. You know, show that you can also show as well. Right. Right. Um, so this emotion thesaurus, you need to get it. it it's is, fantastic. It, it is so all good. of their books are fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I chose two out of that book just to give you an example of a limited piece of, of what they go into. They go into so much more depth than this. I mean, there's yeah. like two pages on betrayal and two pages on smugness. But just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, for betrayal, the body language, you know, they're flinching that sharp intake of breath where the gasp, the, yeah, that gasp where they're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Right. The lips that are pinched or thinned, 
trouble breathing, clutching their chest where yeah, you know, yeah. you've, you've wounded me to the core, um, shaking the head in denial, like this can't be happening. Yeah, absolutely. And those are all super good. Cause you know, I think whenever I read it in a novel, I always see it described as, or, you know, something akin to uh, a punch to the gut. You know, you get punched into something you just, you can't breathe and you can't believe that this thing has just happened. And think about, there are cliches out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, think about how to twist those cliches up so that it isn't just that trite punch in the gut or whatever. I mean, punch in the gut isn't really trite, but right, 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 right. But you know what I'm talking about. Try to twist up or or sit there and physically, you know, I think I've said this before. Your dad and I are in the same room. We work in the same room. So when I'm writing, we're across the desk from each other and I mm-hmm. tend to act out whatever it is I'm trying to write. Cause I want to see, you know, what are my hands doing? What, if I'm angry, how, how is my face, you know? And right. he just watches me and laughs, <laughs> but, you know, act out these things to try yeah. to twist up, you know, how, how does it feel when this happens? Okay. So punch in the gut's been used. What, what else, you know, what else knocks the air out of you? Twist it up, make it, make it different. Absolutely. Um, power verbs to work. And she had a whole list. I didn't want to, you know, give away all her stuff. Right. You you need to go buy their books. Um, but dazed, ache, shock, shake. I mean, those kind of things are power verbs that help get that idea across of the betrayal. Yeah, absolutely. And then smugness, the body language. And this one, I, I the smirk, that smirk is what I always think of when always. I think of that spider. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, the hard smile where, you know, you see teeth, but nothing's in the eyes. Yeah. Um, waving the hand in dismissal, the raised eyebrow, um, tossing one's hair back. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, direct probing eye contact. When someone is smug and feels superior, they will. They will make eye contact to try to dominate and just to make sure that you know, yeah, you know that I am better than you. Yes, that I yeah. have done better than you did. Right. Um, power verbs are boast, bask, condescend, which is a great one. Dane, he deigned to give me the time of day. Yeah. Uh, swagger, strut. Those are both very good. These thesauruses are amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I I like to pull mine out every now and then, and I need to do it again soon. Um, because just flipping through them makes me want to write again. Yes, me too. And it's a great way to break out of writer's block, which we did a whole episode on writer's block. Yep. But just pulling out these different thesauruses and they have like five of them. Yeah, I got, don't know how many, I don't have them all. I know that uh, they've, and I want every one of I them. I do too. I do too. Um, but they will, if you're stuck. Or if you're in the beginnings of, you know, you've got this vague idea of, I want to write a book and I've got this vague idea. You start looking through this thing and all of a sudden your character starts to come together. Your world starts to come together. Yep. You start thinking, how can I use that in my, yes. in my how, story? Yes. Oh, I can see my character. I mean, it, it helps your character come to life because, you know, you'll see the boasting thing and, and all of a sudden, uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see this scene and then you write the scene like you're talking about. Yep. You get out your little writer's journal and you write that scene or you use your computer or whatever it is that, you know, you save things in. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. We will do more 
on um, emotions because there's so much to talk about. And I love the way that um, this thesaurus talks about, it breaks it down into, you know, what's the root really of the emotion? You know, you've got to get down to the root. Is it jealousy that's causing this anger? You know, so it might not be anger. It might really be jealousy. And it's showing itself as anger. Yeah. Right, right. And and then you got to think about the duality of the anger, jealousy, you know, and you can look at this thesaurus and see the two different, you know, and how can I merge those together and what is more appropriate? So, yeah, it's it's awesome. No, that's great. So that's all I've got. That is all I have too, except I do have an interview question for you. Okay. What emotion do you think you write the best? Hmm. Snark. Is that an emotion? That's not an emotion. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't think it's really an emotion. Um, I like the sexual tension. Is that an emotion? I think that counts. Yeah. Lust, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll work. I, I like that a lot. I like yeah. to write that a lot. What do you like to write? I, I, I don't, I guess I enjoy it, but I think I'm really good at writing anger. Like, I think I'm good at getting across anger in mm-hmm. my novels. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, and it's fun to do because when someone is angry, you know, people do crazy things when they're mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and my characters are of course, you know, main characters. So they're all going to be fireballs mm-hmm. um, when they're angry. Um, and we'll just, you know, I also like to think of, you know, mercy when she's mad, she gets even, you know, <laughs> oh, so I, I love, do love mercy. Yeah. I love reading anger too. Cause just to see what characters do when they're just like their heated anger. Cause you know, a lot of people do like stupid things when they're angry and a lot of people will take a step back and they'll just like fire off something that just hurts feelings because they're angry, yeah. you know? So it's really interesting to see and to write, um, you know, what characters do when they feel that anger. I had that issue. I've learned a little bit better now to control it. But when I was in high school, I got beat up once because (laughs) I'm not a fighter. Uh, I got beat up once because my mind, unfortunately, is very quick. Yeah. And so I would have this person bullying me. Yeah. And I could cut them with my words, but their fists were bigger than my words. That's uh, that's like Aiden. Aiden is very much that way. Mm-hmm. She's got some high school stories where she should have just shut her mouth and did not. <laughs> and that that is me in real life. I I <laughs> couldn't keep quiet because I am too you. <laughs> I'm too me. Yeah, I just can't. My A fiery. <laughs> my wit is very quick, unfortunately, and I'm one of those people like Beck who. You just say it. (laughs) It just comes out. And then I'm like, oh my God. I I remember, oh, this is a story. When I was first starting out in law, I I really have become much better. I'm much more politic and how to do it. I know how to control these feelings and not say the things that are going through my mind. Um, (laughs) But back in the day, I had this one case where it was an establishment child support case. This mom, this dad had made a baby with this woman. And the employer was trying to stick up for this dad and it was something along the lines of, you know, this horrible woman, she used her wiles on him and all that. And I'm like, well, he unzipped his pants. (laughs) And and I, as soon as I said it, I was (laughs) like, Oh my God. And the, and the employer was like, 
well, I, I guess he did. Oh man. Oh my God. No, we're in the deep South. We're yeah. in the deep South guys. And I thought I am so fired. I, I bet it never came back to bite me. Good. And it, and it was a true state. It takes two to tango. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and why this employer was so hell bent on helping this guy evade his self. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but that yeah. came out, you know, he unzipped his pants. Which was not the way to say I could have said something a little less, you, you know, know, it takes two to tango. You could have yes, said that and that would have been even better, you know, like <laughs> I do kind of like that shock factor. Well, you know me. Yeah. I say things yeah. for shock factor a lot. Yeah. So yeah. and that was before I learned how to control myself. The yikes. I bet. But anyway, do you have a sentence? Oh, I do. I do. Um, so if you guys are interested in uh participating in the challenge. What I do for it is I take a sentence and I write a page and I force myself to kind of fit it into a page just because that's how I am. I like to put limitations on myself. Um, and the sentence for this week is don't look so smug, you traitor. I love it. Yeah. To kind of call back to the two emotions that we yeah, were talking I love about. It. So. Um, let us know what topics y'all want us to talk about. We, there's so many things out there to talk about and we are definitely open to doing that. Although we have had one request that we haven't done yet. Listen, <laughs> listen, that's the, the sex scene uh, topic, which I think is a huge topic. It is very, it's very hard topic. to talk about. How do you write a sex scene? It's very difficult. The world may never know. All right. The world guys. may never know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do our outro. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, You can find any of our social media at our website at www.eatdrinkrightpodcast.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, You can find our email there. You can reach out to us there. Um, What else? What else? What else? Come visit our Patreon. Our Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash E-D-W.com slash E-D-W. So, you know, come support us because we would, we would love and that. We... I think guys, and let, let us know if you are interested in this. I think I'm going to start working on merch. You know, I've got my business oh, yeah. that I do on Etsy and I've just got a cricket for Christmas, which it's now July that I'm finally learning how to use it. And so I think I might start doing some, um, t-shirts maybe or i think that'd be pretty cool tote bags or tote bags or something so let 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 us know and i'll be glad to to get uh dragon craft creations up and running that way you can just order straight from the company you don't have to worry about telling us your address all that stuff it can go straight through the company the company can send it to you right and let us know ideas too and uh we'll try to come up with it definitely thanks for listening guys yeah thank you see you next week Where's the stop button? Somewhere.